This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British royal history. If you enjoy royal media, in addition to current events and history within the British royal family, then you have found your home. If you could please take a moment, hit that bell icon, hit that subscribe button down below, so that way you can stay up to date on all things happening here on the channel. A lot has happened. A lot has happened since we last met. Uh, The big thing is the funeral has since happened. Uh, Operation London Bridge, Operation Unicorn... Operation Spring Tide have all gone on without a hitch, at least what appears to be without a hitch. Funeral happened, and the reign of Queen Elizabeth II has officially come to a close, and King Charles III is trying to do his best, but the world has begun to move on. The UK is officially out of mourning now. The royal family is observing another week of official mourning. They're not really doing many engagements. They're taking their time to sort of, you know, actually grieve now and take time with their family. But uh, there's, it's been a while since we met. It's been a short while. Um, I got really overwhelmed with trying to keep up with the um, constant pressure to keep putting out short things, short, you know, as updates were happening. And that is something that here at the podcast is not really something that we do. We do longer form content. We sort of extrapolate and discuss and reflect. And it's not really things, you know, blow by blow. Yes, that was on Twitter. I've been popping off on Twitter. I will say that. And please, if you haven't officially subscribed to the Twitter page, link is down below in the description box. But yeah, the entire week of official mourning, the Queen's funeral... Um, everything happening within the royal family. I did post updates on Twitter, but here actually making long form content, I got very overwhelmed because it's not the type of content that we do. It's just, it's just, it's just not. We do longer podcasts. So the video I did put out, I did, you know, two videos. I did, you know, the, oh my goodness, she's gone initial reaction sort of processing, you know, whoa. Then, my what to expect next, which most of that video still holds up. There's only one part of that video where I give a timeline, a perspective timeline at that time of, you know, what to expect. Here's the general timeline of things. And I was really only off by a day, but still my timeline was off. My timeline was off very quickly and things kept changing and it got to be pretty overwhelming to try to keep up with things as they were happening. And there were so many news outlets covering it that, if you really, truly wanted to follow it, there were a multitude of reporters and other royal accounts that were doing a much better job of it than I was. And uh, I would like to give just specific shout outs to at Not a Royal Expert, at Kinsley Showfield, at Mata Fact, and at Messy Condo during that whole week. We've had some wonderful discourse, except with Mata Fact. She's on TikTok and I'm not on TikTok, but 
at not a royal expert and at kinsley showfield you guys were wonderful keeping me up to date and the discourse and fun we were having back and forth i really appreciate both of you and hope to do something with you in the future uh, i know at not a royal expert i follow you on tiktok on my personal account i don't have a british royal fanatic podcast account i follow you on my personal account but uh, I've enjoyed the discourse we've been having. And if you don't already follow these four accounts, go ahead and do so on Twitter and on TikTok. MadFX's not on Twitter anymore. She left Twitter, which I can understand. Um, but I still support her. I still appreciate her view- her viewpoints. I appreciate everybody's viewpoints. But what are we doing today? So today we're going to take time to reflect. We are going to uh, reflect and officially from America over here. America has it was really wild this past week and a half dealing with the queen's um death and funeral really just processing feelings and just again having a big just like a wrap-up discussion that's the big thing today highlights what stood out what were really big powerful moments social media was really really wild during this whole week and sort of what's what to expect truly what to expect next because there's some things that are in the works now But before we get into the larger part of today, let me know down below in the comments what were some moments during the past week and a half that stood out to you, whether positive or negative. What stood out to you? And I'd like to continue that discussion down below. So what stood out to you? So in America during this entire time, and I'm in the Midwest, I'm in the state of Indiana, and it was truly weird processing it in real time because one here where i'm in indiana there in terms of print media nothing changed it was as if nothing had happened it is and now finally we're starting to get the memorial tribute shows how behind we are her funeral has already since happened her all those tributes have already done and we are just now beginning to get that type of print media here so that's just one thing to point out we we were so behind the ball uh, where i am and just kind of not acknowledging it. in fact i even posted on twitter i found another jubilee magazine to add to my collection and you know to announce that she had been dead for a few days now so he, the only way we got updates about this was from traditional news sources such as MSNBC, NBC, Fox News, um, CNN, MSNBC, really any traditional news outlet. And of course, you could, if you had access to it, I did, you could watch it on BBC. I know I had BBC on pretty much for three days straight. Google had their various live streams out of, you know, the front gates of Balmoral, actually at um, Westminster where the queen was laying in state, various places where she was laying in state and the certain ceremonies, you know, there were live streams available and traditional news media would sort of cut. But here in America, we really didn't acknowledge too much of this, which was weird. America really covered the funeral and discussed the funeral in two main camps. There was either the first camp, which was taking moment. Even if you didn't particularly agree or like the royal family, they'd still go take, take a moment, express sympathy, would have little bits of updates throughout, and of course, would be respectful. But then there'd be the other camp of coverage, especially mainly on social media, where you were letting your opinions run wild. And of course, at this point, you know, you have your opinion, you're allowed to express it. I'm not here to tell you what to say or what to not say. But those are those two specific camps. Either we're going to just express sympathy say, wow, this must really hurt for the nation losing such a big figure. Your family lost, you know, their 
center now someone you know the whole balance of the family's off temporarily and having to do with that very publicly or expressing a lot of negativity negative thoughts there were a lot of tweets that were going wild and there's going to be one showcased over here that really took a lot of brunt of things and really sort of kickstarted a lot of other conversations and again this person is entitled to their own opinion i can't tell them what to say or what to not say i mean say we're calling out or at least acknowledging the colonizer past they were calling out racism they were calling out just why do we care this isn't our government why why are we spending so much time over here addressing this when it's not our country it's not are there and those that were sympathetic such as such, such as myself you know i engaged what i could but there were a lot of negativity there was a lot of uh animosity now towards charles and to william and Catherine. there were two camps with harry and megan there was a lot of other press stirred up that again was really negative there were a lot of negative there were a lot of negative hashtags towards harry and megan that were going around there were a lot of ones just a lot of hashtags trending about you know the queen's gone she's gone you know happy that she's gone and one thing I will say this, it made me very uncomfortable seeing all of that. And so, you know, I didn't participate. You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. You know, we're taking away from the true heart of the, of the matter here, which is that the queen is dead. The you know heart of the nation is gone. 70 years. We're really blindsided by it. At least us over here, how it's presented to us here in America just kind of happened out of nowhere. And of course the, what they've named themselves the Sussex Squad were getting really, really aggressive towards uh, just either anybody that would interact with them. I remember they uh, they got me a few times, which again, they're entitled to their own opinion. But America really didn't cover this a whole lot until it was actually the funeral. At that point, the day of the funeral, that was all the media coverage that was here. And even then, it was really early in the morning. I remember trying to wake up as early as I can, and I caught in the middle of it when she was... I caught the middle of it and then, you know, went and rewound and watched what I could. But America was really these two camps. Either we're going to be sympathetic and, you know, acknowledge, hi, this is painful for you, extending, extending sympathies, my condolences go out. Or it was this really aggressive camp over here expressing a lot of negativity, a lot of just hurtful hateful comments some of the ones that really that i sort of giggled at were when of course a highlight that i'll get to is when charles officially acknowledged and bestowed the title of prince and princess of wales to william and Catherine. and at that point everybody was especially over here in this camp going how there's only one princess of wales and it is only princess diana she will be the only princess of wales and i uh, completely denying that catherine is the new princess of wales and or how you know our own princess of wales is megan over here which again their opinion not telling them they can't feel that but just that really anim just confusion of do you understand how this title works you know it's 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 a gift to the heir apparent and it is to acknowledge the heir apparent. And it is a very big responsibility. And, you know, we can't change the line of succession. The line of succession is where it is. Harry's where he is. And there's a lot of those animosities, which we'll get to in a few moments. But that is how the funeral was covered here in America, where it really wasn't acknowledged or talked about until it. they absolutely had to. 
and news anchors reporters were in multitude of camps some of them were annoyed about covering it and did it the best you know as minimal as they could some you know, did as much as they could it was really touch and go over here in america especially where i am here in indiana you know of course local news didn't cover it at all it was only in the national news level but one thing I do want to talk about that now is beginning to happen in this reflection is, in my opinion, Harry and Meghan got a lot of unnecessary attention. And you could tell they were kind of getting uncomfortable with it. And the body language expert, I'll put him right here. He sort of pointed out of um, reading the, their body language and breaking things down, how anxious and how uncomfortable Harry and Meghan were, which could be underlying family tensions that haven't been resolved. Meghan really wasn't very social in this. She was just by Harry's side, supporting her husband, doing what she could to support him, to be there for him. She was, you know, very dutiful to him. And I know at times my coverage has been a little bit skewed and unfair because I let my own personal opinions come out. But they did the best they could, and they got a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of unnecessary attention. And news outlets sort of are now pointing out, we this was a little skewed here. They got too, a little too much attention, and I, I personally think that it's it's not helping their cause. It's not helping things. It's not helping truly either what they want to do, what the firm wants to do, keep reiterating these same storylines, this, this same trauma, as I've sort of talked about before, where Megan seems to be rehashing and keeping this same storyline going. You know, when are we going to move on? But also, when are we, the media, when are we going to move on and let the firm officially move on, let Harry and Megan move on and write their own storyline? So there's a lot of mixed feelings here, but I feel like they got a lot of unnecessary attention that took away from... No, getting the matter at hand, remembering the queen, honoring the queen, paying respects to the queen. And I know the media is doing their job. I'm doing my job. But I just feel in sharing a little bit of more personal opinion that they got a, a little bit unnecessary attention that took away from the moment. And it felt they were in these moments where she's lying in state. There's, you know, Charles is over here doing his constitutional duties, going on his tour of the of the big four, England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. He's doing his duties, meeting with MPs, meeting with prime ministers, other members of the Commonwealth, the Queen's by his side, the family's doing what they can to mourn internally and also do their duties to the country. And it was all during this sort of downtime where, you know, she's, the Queen's over here, Families over here. We're not really seeing too much of them except when they're out there. What do we report on? Nothing's really happening. But I feel like they uh, got a lot of attention. And, and Gail and Oprah, too, got a lot of both positive and negative attention with their, they, with, with their associations with Harry and Meghan. They got a lot of negative attention in terms of marketing off of this and taking advantage of this situation. Why are you doing this? You know, why it's a lot of negative attention, which I don't really have opinions on them. They're reporters and have much more successful careers than I have. But to put a button on this tangent here, I just feel like they had they got a lot of unnecessary attention that very visibly took away from reporting and acknowledging the queen. What were some things that stood out during this week and a half? What were some really powerful moments? What were really some really poignant moments that... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply helped shape this week this week of transition between between monarchs and the first one of course within the first 24 hours the speech by king charles iii acknowledging again basically it was his own eulogy and way to honor his mother the queen the one bombshell in that speech that everybody talked about is when he officially bestowed and gave the title of Prince of Wales to William, making William and Catherine the new prince and princess of Wales. He explicitly said princess of Wales. Let's talk about that. Let's break that down. So, of course, upon the death of the queen and Charles becoming king, you know, there's always, someone always wears the crown. All of Charles's titles when he was Prince of Wales reverted to the crown except for a few. A few of them were hereditary that are that passed directly to William. Uh, the big ones being the Dukedom of Cornwall, the Dukedom of Rothsea, which is the dukedoms that are given to the heir apparent. These were just natural, and they moved fast. Whoever was running William and Catherine's social media, you can you know, tip my hat to you, individual, whoever you are. You moved fast. Faster than I could ever imagine. And I bet right now you're enjoying you know, the, everything being calm now. But... Uh, William wasn't automatically given Prince the title Prince of Wales. We had already talked about that and what to expect next. That is something that has to be given. Well, I participated in a few discussions on Twitter of when do we think this is going to happen? We all know it's going to happen. It's, you know, he is to be the new Prince of Wales. Do we think, when do we think he's going to give the actual, you know, bestowing the gift? When do we think the investiture ceremony is going to happen? And my opinion was, it's all this is going to happen after after the funeral. It's, they're going to do their constitutional duties and responsibilities give their speeches make their statements but this type is you know we're not going to see this until after the funeral and then of course the investiture ceremony will probably be after the coronation because the investiture ceremonies and the coronations don't have to happen immediately they get there some time of course charles's coronation has been planned for years and the investiture for William and Catherine as Prince and Princess of Wales again doesn't need to happen right away Charles was invested as Prince of Wales in 19 19- 69 but he was given the title in the late 50s i believe he was actually made prince of wales in 1958 when he was 10 and then he was officially invested as prince of wales in 69 when he was 21 so again it doesn't need to happen right away the timelines now can are a little loose but i fully thought this was going to happen weeks out no it happened in less than 48 hours after Queen Elizabeth II passed away. And why did he do this? Continuity. And a matter of, you know, do we, we need a Prince of Wales. We need, he was a matter of continuity. We're going to have this immediately. We're not going to have any speculation. We're not going to wait. We're just going to get it done. We're going to do it. And he did it in a very wonderful way. 
Uh, in his speech, he also, you know, again, paid tribute to Meghan and Harry and, you know, extended what appeared to be some form of olive branch. But the first big point that stood out was, of course, Charles' speech. It was very touching. I started to cry during it. And William and Catherine being made Prince and Princess of Wales. That was something not a lot of us were anticipating that was going to happen so soon. But it happened. The investiture ceremony will be happening soon and so on and so forth. The next one is sort of the olive branches that were extended at the beginning of this week and then how everything became really distant with uh, Meghan and Harry and of course William and Harry and those spouses, Catherine and Meghan. Harry was the last one to know that the Queen had, uh, at least going up there, that the Queen had was ill and was either dead or dying. And I, you, I believe if my timeline, my internal timeline is correct, it was announced that she had died while he was still on his way to Balmoral. He arrived separately from everybody else. The king made, gave sentiments in his speech, expressing love and support of their life overseas. And, you know, William and Catherine extended the invitation for them to participate in the walkabout at Windsor Castle. And that really seemed, it gave us false hope that things are going to remedy, things are going to get better. It's not going to happen, at least not right now. There's too much going on. Megan's podcasts have all been recorded, and I believe some of them are actually going to be re-recorded. Um, Harry's book is pretty much done. If they've done any press or interviews, those are already wrapped. And so there's this package that is already done of what they're going to do. And one of the things that they keep doing is... Whether they're true or not, whether or not that's not what we're here to talk about, is they say some negative things about the firm, about the family. And if they're true or not, that's for us to discuss in another podcast. But there's you know, negative things being said over here. There's also negative experiences happening over, over, over here. And it seemed like this was a way for them to build the bridge and try to work on things. And we're seeing that that wasn't the case. And... It seems like things are even more distant now. They're even colder. And, you know, in the media, Harry and Meghan really can't do anything right. You know, when you when you look objectively here at what was being told, you know, again, these news stories over here that they're told they can't salute. They're told they can't do this. They're told they can't do that. But on the other side of the coin is Charles made it clear that working royals can only do ABC. And, you know, Harry and Andrew aren't working royals anymore. They were, but they're not. So there's a line that was drawn that rubbed everybody the wrong way. Everybody had opinions about, you know, he should be able to do ABC. Both the king has made it clear. If you're not a working royal, you can't do this. Harry's not a working royal. They tried. But again, as the body language expert said, you know, things are happening. Discussions are happening. Opinions aren't being talked about. And also, it's really soon. It's so soon to be having these conversations. The queen's, you know hasn't even been in the ground for a week yet and we're already trying to talk about this and this and that when just let them grieve have your time have your moments you know but the it seemed like they were really trying and then it failed probably arguments happened but the body language expert was really helpful in all this time when they were going on walkabouts being uh, public and the family being there being able to read truly you know, reading body language is something that's really powerful in, in, in times like this. Reading it and being able to, you know, understand the, the subtext of behaviors. And he was really helpful in terms of going, nope, they're not on good terms. They, they're not liking each other. You know, they're really, they're being very vulnerable right now. 
you can clearly tell that they've been crying. You can clearly tell ABC one, two, three. So he was really helpful to follow, and I really appreciated his viewpoints in terms of you know what's going on here, what's this you know reading into reading the body language. It's something that's really powerful with the family, and you could tell. Which is continuing my my suspicions of all of this is there's always more happening behind the scenes than what we the public get privy to, and this was another example of that. A last few highlights that just crushed me. Seeing Zara upset at Balmoral and just being very vulnerable, Zara Tindall, I wanted I wanted to give her a hug. I really wanted to give her a hug. Princess Anne through all of this. Princess Anne has become my hero. I have always really respected Princess Anne. She's always really intimidated me. She's so no-nonsense. She's so truly does not care what other anybody thinks and is there to do a job. She's always been really cool. She always has such really cool stories. I've always really respected her, but I've been really intimidated by her. This week, I my respect for her and admiration for her could not be higher. She refused to leave the queen's side. She was there the entire time. She was there, you know, she would curtsy to her, these really deep curtsies to her mom in her coffin. Was there doing her duty the entire time. Now supporting Charles, supporting just Princess Anne has always been a badass, but now she has my truly deep respect. And I could not respect her more from this. I want to kind of pat her on the back and go, hey, if you need anything, you know, call me. Because she doesn't seem like someone who likes hugs and likes that type of physical attention. But just kind of pat her on the back, go, hey, if you need anything, I'll be over here. I know you're a very private person. But could not respect Princess Anne any more than what I already do. And the last one that stood out that truly broke my heart is when the queen was on her procession on her way to Windsor Castle to officially have her final uh, ceremony for family and friends and then officially be interred. Two things happened. Her corgis were there and her horse was there. And if you look closely at the horse, the horse has one of her headscarves on it. And it's processing through where all the flowers are with people leaving things. And uh, it was truly that moment. Those moments broke my heart. Those moments truly just kind of ripped, uh, you know, ripped my heart in two. And of course, one of the the last really powerful moments was seeing the lines for the queues. Seeing people line up, you know, 17, 18, 19 hours of waiting. And all the different, you know, like where you're, you're in an airport. All the different, you know, it's, it's snaking back on one another and seeing all those cues and you know following at not not a royal expert as you know he waited to queue up to pay his respects and also the drama of those two news anchors that jumped the queue and were there didn't have to wait but then david beckham was in line like just shooting the breeze with it with with everybody and having fun and just that of the true over in the country you know even over there in the UK, everybody had mixed opinions about it, but everybody still took a moment to pay their respects and queue up. And it was truly, it was wonderful to see. Some light things that stood out was, of course, the sartorial uh, messages, the sartorial messages being portrayed through either the royal women or the royal, uh, or actually now the royal men 
the protocol that happened this this past week went off wonderfully went off without a hitch is very beautiful the pageantry mixed with very personal very personal moments to where it felt more than just a state funeral with all pop and circumstance it truly felt very personal it felt wonderful the wreath of flowers that were on her coffin for the last one were the same flowers that were used in her wedding bouquet that were pulled from the same gardens from there so that really personal touch uh, the vigil of the princes, the vigil of the grandchildren were very powerful. And it was truly, you know, it's, we always talk about we're getting fatigued with historic moments happening around us. This was another historic moment. See, especially the vigil of the princes, the vigil of the grandchildren. Lord Severn, James Viscount Severn, the youngest son of, Ed, of Edward and Sophie, being 14 going out there and holding vigil with his other cousins that that's not easy that's not easy and he made it look very easy and you could see that Sophie and Edward were proud that he was able to stand up there and do his duty to the country my heart breaks for the family in terms of this is something very private this is something very personal and they had to be so public with it they had to be so vulnerable with it and couldn't really mourn in real time. Charles really couldn't mourn in real time because he had so many constitutional obligations to do. And you could tell he was getting frustrated with the pens and moving things. And it's just, it's, you know, you could tell he's grieving. He was, he was, he was upset. One last point I want to hit on is how overwhelming this felt and why so many people, especially sort of commentators now, are like taking a few days or a week to sort of collect themselves and then come back to it is the death of queen elizabeth ii came at us like a ton of bricks it was very much i remember getting the news alert that that thursday morning of you know the queen is ill and family members are going to go see her when you know two days ago we just saw her she was smiling she was fine yes she had a bruise on her hand that looked like it was from like a medicine iv drip some sort of i remember my grandma having those types similar types of bruises but it was just, she's fine. She's having mobility issues, but no, we're kind of doing this. And then all of a sudden, bottomed out and she's gone. It was very blindsided. It was very much a, a surprise, which brings us into, this brings up this, this question, truly, how sick was she? You know, her, the status of her really began to, really noted began around 2019, but even you could cite maybe 2017, 2018, of her health, you know, with Philip officially retiring from service in 2017, and you know, you could visibly see him deteriorating. Now, again, okay, around that same time, we sort of see the Queen beginning to uh, deteriorate a little bit, and you know, ever since then, her diary had been just slowly, slowly pulling back to the point where she didn't have many in-person engagements anymore, or if she did, it was always with someone, either with either with Camilla, with Catherine, with harry or with charles or with philip when he was active um but she never really truly went alone somewhere it was always with someone or the in the solo engagements really again they were scaling everything back very slowly and the biggest thing that she said was mobility issues we will truly never know in in my opinion what did her in and if we do know it won't be during my lifetime the jubilee her platinum jubilee many the, the body language expert even said this this was sort of a, a, a way for her to say goodbye to the country 
to say goodbye to the Yukazos. After her Jubilee, we really didn't see her much. We saw social media posting things and her doing her job and her engagements and her things, but we really visibly began to see her start to like, hey, ho, ho, around you know, 2019, 2020. And you know, when Philip died in 2021, you know, it's she really began, you know, the deterioration really began to become visible. She began to lose weight. The osteoporosis really began to truly show. And there's things that we don't know. There was something, there had to have been something going on that we can, we will never know. But this felt really overwhelming. This funeral felt really blindsided because her, her health is something that we, that they really didn't talk about unless it was truly you needed to know. You know, they finally released Queen Victoria's diaries that you can actually read online. But even then they're edited because uh, her daughter, Princess Beatrice, edited them and took things out and you know, try is trying to portray her mother a certain way. So then we will never know truly Queen Victoria's diaries, but they have been made, you know, a hundred, not some years after her death. You know, we truly you know she, the Queen Elizabeth II has a videotape for Australia to be played in 2085, a hundred years after that. You know, the, the firm is really big on releasing these things after enough generations have passed. And this is another instance where during my lifetime, I highly doubt we will ever know the Queen's cause of death. I, they'll probably keep that under lock and key. I'd heard the BBC speculating, was it a stroke? Was it a heart attack? Was it, could she have possibly had cancer? We will never know. But mobility issues that they were citing is not enough to do someone in that quickly and that aggressively. So, so something probably was going on. But we've come to the end of today's sort of hodgepodge discussion, reflecting how aggressive the media was, how... Here in America, there wasn't a lot of reporting. I had to look to outside sources and other people that were truly there or are at a high enough level engaging in things where me, the average person, you, we really had to search out and look for it. And in fact, news sources were posting about how frustrated they were that they had to cover it and that America really had two opposite camps, either showing sympathy or a lot of animosity and saying a lot of really um, hurtful things to Harry and Meghan, William and Catherine, the King, uh, the Queen Consort, Camilla, other uh, just the firm institution itself. There was a lot of people sharing their opinions that really began to drown out, and you could really get lost in that, in those arguments, which is where I tried my best to really pull my head out from there and try to stay objective here. Charles has an uphill battle now. Uh, sort of last statements he's in the process of slimming down the monarchy really trying to redefine what it means to be a working royal he has legislation he's trying to put in place to change who's his counselors of state allegations that there was a conversation that was meant to happen behind the scenes between harry Meghan, charles and maybe the queen consort of like hey you know, we'll come back, but we want ABC, one, two, three. We need a mediator to discuss all this. We They want to have a big, you know, come to Jesus talk. And that clearly didn't happen. And apparently that didn't go over well. There's all of these discussions. There are news outlets falsely reporting or maybe not reporting about Archie and Lilibet being prince or princess now. Which that's another video for another time that we're going to get to in the next two weeks. But Charles has an uphill battle, especially now that... He is officially king. A lot of people didn't want it to happen, but it is here. We've 
reached this. It's a big responsibility. How can we put a sort of tagline on today? How can we put a um, button on this chapter? From the Americans' perspective, from the Americans' perspective, it was a lot of vitriol. It was a lot of um, hurtful comments being spewed by everyone, including the traditional media, people not truly understanding or not wanting to understand, not wanting to participate. And that's their own prerogative, that's their own opinion. I can't tell you how to live your life. A lot of support and outpourings of condolence and support were coming up. But over here in America, it was it was a wild, wild week with reporting and news. And of course, I got really overwhelmed trying to keep up with it. Because that's not truly what our content do. But what do you think will happen in the future with the King and Harry? You know, now he's going to just keep falling in that line of succession. Charles wants to have a small, slimmed-down monarchy of those who are working. What do you think is going to happen there? Just let's have that discussion in the, in the comments. What do you think is going to happen? But here with the podcast, we're going to have some few, we're going to have some more discussion-based shorter videos about certain subjects, about, you know, the title of Princess of Wales, Archie and Lilibet. I had to, I had some comedy content coming out down, down the pipeline I was really excited about. A few collaborations that I'm trying to schedule. But now that whole timeline is going to have to be uh, reworked. But today's discussion and reflection a lot of wonderful ceremony, a lot of wonderful protocol that was followed, very touching statements that really ripped at your heartstrings, very poignant statements, a lot of subtext through body language and reading between the lines that things still aren't good in the firm between now King and uh, his children. But with that, everyone, thank you for coming to the end of today's podcast. I really, truly appreciate it. Check out all socials and links and sources for today are going to be down below. And hopefully I'll see you in the next one.